0: Hey everyone, welcome to the canine culture podcast, where we talk about everything dog Q and A's with veterinarian professionals, rescue operators, everyday topics. We cover everything dog on this podcast. So make sure you subscribe to the canine culture podcast on your favorite podcast platform and make sure you're following us on social media on both Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening. Now here's that next episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Canine and Culture Podcast. We have a episode today with some breeders who are not new to the show. They are repeat guests. So we have Ashley and Kevin from Jockholm Family Farms. And we are going to talk about top things to ask your breeder. So welcome to the episode, Kevin and Ashley. How are you guys? Great.
1: Do well. Okay, complete.
0: So for the listeners, they have a new baby at home in addition to having a toddler. So they are getting to record at the house with their kids. um, So we might get some uh, little baby action on here. Uh, We decided to do this episode today because we're getting a lot of questions about, you know, oh, I'm going to a breeder. What should I ask them? And um, it just seems really helpful to kind of consolidate that into a guide for you guys. So um. We're going to just go through some of the items and kind of have them flush those out for you to hopefully help you are going to a breeder. And so we go through a list of questions to ask. First one is going to be, can you see the living conditions for adults and puppies? And can you guys tell us in on why that question is important?
2: Uh, yeah. So I like having Majorly talk about this because he, uh, he knows firsthand uh, by working in like Amish country. Uh, what some of the issues can be but largely if you can't see the living conditions of the puppies it probably means that you're at a puppy mill um or they just don't take good care of their dogs at all so Mm -hmm. like when uh people come to our house to look at the puppies they get to meet the mom and dad so we have both here on site they get to see where both of them live they get to interact with them in our living environment um and so they know that the the Mom and dad and the puppies are well-treated, we're and loved, and inter- we interact with them every day.
1: Yeah, so I, th- I would agree. The The biggest thing is if they're not letting you see the conditions that the animals live in, they must be trying to hide something. Either they have multiple kinds of puppy dogs or puppies that are raising in different litters or they're in terrible conditions. Um, I mean, it's rare that they would just be embarrassed like we might be because we have toddlers and a newborn, and stuff is everywhere because we're a chaotic mess sometimes. But we're never trying to hide what we're raising our dogs like and we raise dogs to be family dogs. So I would always encourage someone to look at those places where either Sire and Dam live or in or where the puppies are. Um, making sure they have adequate space that is dry, it doesn't smell terribly awful, um, and that they're they're nice and clean.
0: Yeah, I think that all
2: makes sense. Wow. Can you describe like what a puppy mill condition looks like?
1: Yeah, that's, yeah that's, a, that's a good question. So, like a generally, um, there's two types of people that breed. Um, that might have more than one litter. And you have the people that are really good and very organized, and then the people that just are out there to make money and their conditions are generally not as good. And those that are out there and doing this full time, if they have multiple litters, maybe they are a bigger breeder, Um, they should have a very organized probably kennel in like a well-ventilated barn and there's usually concrete floors and it's very dry and clean and nothing smells awful of high ammonia but at most puppy mills would be uh, multiple litters everywhere kind of stuffed wherever they can fit dogs and generally they're not very sanitary
0: yeah when i think of a puppy mill i kind of think of like four five sets of cages stacked on each other each cage having you know, five to 10 puppies, all the puppies are covered in their own urine and feces. And that's kind of the imagery that comes to mind for a puppy mill for me. And I know that might be a little more on perhaps the extreme side. And I know, you know, people are trying to hide that a little bit better, but um, obviously that's a huge red flag. So second question to think about asking your breeder is, are you allowed to meet the parent? And, um, this one is interesting because I've actually had a lot of people say, you know, I'm going to get a puppy and they don't want me to see the dad or they don't want me to see the mom. And the breeder has a pretty good excuse. Normally they're tired. I don't want to stress them out. So what do you guys think about that question? Are you allowed to meet the parents? Like, why is that one an important question?
2: I guess in, uh, in my view, if you can't meet the parents, uh, again, they're trying to hide something, I guess, is my um, standpoint. It's not unusual for the dad to not be on site because a lot of times the breeders will only have the female, the dam. Uh, and so you wouldn't be able to meet the dad because he's not there. But they should at least be able to like describe his personality, describe his characteristics and like his coat traits and just his temperament. Um, but I guess I would think that any dog that we've ever gotten, we've always been able to meet the mom. And it, it just seems like a pretty standard thing. I don't know. Kevin, do you have any different thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think I totally agree, but the you should see the dam for sure. So the mom should be around, especially if it's a puppy less than eight weeks old, because they should be nursing in some capacity. Um, if the sire is not there, maybe they used um, artificial insemination or they have a sire, they just come in during breeding and then he goes home back to where he normally lives. So I would, I would say they should definitely show you a picture and I agree they should talk to you about him. They should show you his pedigree if he is pedigree and just kind of go from there. And maybe you want to look him up online too if he is pedigree because you can see different litters from him on like akc or another registry
0: yeah i think all of that makes sense Um, especially what you said about the mother being there obviously the mother should be nursing the puppies there's really not a reason she should not be present so next question here um to ask your breeder do they have genetic reports and i know you guys are more familiar with these genetic reports than others but what are some of these reports that you guys would recommend
2: I'll let Kevin take this one since he's a vet.
1: Yeah, that, that always seems to be the default. <laughs> You're the veterinarian so you can talk about this. Um, so genetic reports might include things like an actual genetic test. So just like people could do ancestry or 23andMe, now we have genetic tests for dogs, for cats, for multiple species. Um, and what and specifically for puppies and what we're looking at is generally you want to see if they have a genetic report done for the sire and the dam and those would include um, markers that are testing for certain diseases that might be common in those breeds or in that breed that you are looking at so they vary um, across breed because there's um, lots of different breeds of dogs out there and every breed has a predilection for a certain type of genetic disease and this just really helps to clear those and see if they are a carrier, if they're actually clinical and or have like a certain diseases. If you have both copies of the gene, then you're definitely going to be more likely to have the actual disease itself. Or if you're just a carrier, maybe you only have one copy. And that just means like if you bred to the right dog, you could create um, actual disease animals. Other tests would include things like radiographs. And those would be like your common x-ray. That's radiographs, just a vet term for it. But those are in picture of their hips, um, elbows, and knees, stifle, um, and maybe some other areas. In Labradors, which we breed, um, we at least try to do their hips and elbows. Um, some other people will also do stifle or some other joints that might be more common to see disease in. And then the last might be, um, most commonly, you'll you'll have some dog breeds that are predisposed to heart disease, and so we like to test those um, using an echocardiogram, which is just an ultrasound of the heart done generally by a cardiologist, and they review how the heart functions, does it look odd in shape or size, and if they are predisposed to disease, does it look like they're getting the disease or no
0: and for those um heart echoes would you request that for uh, the mom and the dad if possible
1: yeah if if it's a breed that's pretty exposed to heart disease i would definitely have both parents tested okay Um, it's in some breeds if it's akc they will require that for certain breeds if they are um, to be registered or to be as a good breeding animal it's very common in the breeding industry if you're breed is predisposed you're going to have an echo no matter what for labs that we have it's not quite required like it's great if you do it but it really doesn't make or break that for us
0: okay that makes sense
2: next i would also add eyes to that we we have our dog's eyes checked every year too
1: okay Uh, yeah i totally forgot about that part um thank you because you can do a certain OFA, which is the, um, it's an organization that basically does radiographic interpretations and eye certifications um, for your breeding animals. And there are some other ones out there, like hip is another radiograph interpretation, but eyes are also very common to check as well. Okay.
0: And then next question would be, asking the breeder about their return policy and you guys noted a no questions asked return policy so explain that one a little bit to me
2: yep so in our contract we have a clause in there that we will take back any puppy uh, from one of our litters no questions asked Uh, but we do not guarantee a uh, a refund And that's just to keep people from seeing these animals as something that you can just return to the store. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it keeps our puppies out of shelters and out of dangerous homes. And so that way, if somebody gets one of our puppies in a year or two or however long they decide that this puppy isn't for me, I can't keep it. They can bring the dog back here to the farm and then we can, as time allows, find a good home for it and the puppy or at that point probably the dog can just live here on the farm with us until we find a better home for it or it can stay here with us depending on what our capacity is but that just like allows us to know that our puppies should not be in any shelters and they should all be in really good homes uh it's my thought behind that i don't know if there's other thought processes behind it we also have uh clause in there where if you take your dog your puppy to the vet in a week and within that week you see like there's issues with the dog we will take the dog back uh and return the money as well and then we would just keep the dog here and love it and take care of it if something was to happen uh but so the no questions asked is you can bring your dog back we will not question you uh probably depends on the age of the dog in your situation as to if we refund you any money because i i don't know if you take a dog to a shelter i don't i doubt they give you any money or do you have to pay for that i don't even know um but it just it helps with the shelters and, our, and the health of our dogs in their
0: life mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense i've heard a lot of people actually getting a dog and maybe like in the next week they didn't do research on the breeder and the dog has parvo and they're like, well, I don't want it. You know what I mean? the breeder's like, well, yeah, or the breeders nowhere to be found. And parvo, obviously you, that may have been on the breeder, depending on kind of where they were at in the age of the dog and, you know, what they had done. But I know other people who they get a puppy and two months later, the puppy isn't potty training as quickly as they would like, or the puppy is um, biting at their ankles and, uh, they kind of feel stuck. And that's where you see that either shelter situation or if it's like Florida right now, our shelters are not taking in any dogs. And so people are dumping mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah. So I think that is really important, especially right now with how the the issue that seems to be becoming more and more prevalent with uh, more and more dogs in shelters and being dumped in abuse cases. So I think that's yeah, I think about. Yeah. That's also a big reason to do research on
2: your animal because like for us, for our labs, um, our male is a typical lab and he is basically a puppy still in his head. He's like four or five. And most labs are very hyper until they are like six or older. Uh, But our female isn't. And so just everyone who comes through here, they should have already done research on labs, but I just remind them they're very hyper they're really good family dogs they're very loving like our hyper male loves our children he plays with them and has them throw their ball and he's never tried to attack them or bite them or anything uh or even shown like aggression signs because like i follow accounts on instagram that talk about like aggression signs and dogs that you might not realize near kids and he, he he goes up to our our kids and is wagging his tail and very happy and goes up willingly. um But they're still very hyper. And so, like, if somebody like that was to get their dog in two months later, they're like, we just can't handle this. And they want to bring their dog back. I might be like, well, next time you get a puppy, please do research right. because you would have seen that. But yes, we will take your dog back so you don't take it to a shelter
0: yeah and that's really so that was one of the next questions was when you are getting a dog from a breeder fifth question to ask is what are the breed traits um obviously you should do research but we know how it is on google there's everything and anything um so yeah definitely like researching that breed understanding some of their traits um and then question number six so asking the breeder why they breed why is this question important to you guys? And I think I know the answer, but I'd like to hear hear what you guys have to say about it.
2: Yeah, I'll let Kevin do this a little bit. So, like, the reason that we breed is, uh, I don't even know, like, the real reason why we breed. It's not money because we barely make money off of it. Uh, but Kevin's family were, uh, bred Goldens when he was growing up on their farm and they just as far as i know they just had one female and it was just a litter whenever the litter happened and they just kind of in general enjoyed it and they enjoyed breeding dogs that were healthy and so that's what we that's what we tell people is that we like to breed um like we're obviously not making a huge profit off of it we have like one litter maybe two a year mm-hmm. but it's also nice just to breed dogs that we know are going to be healthy And we've done all the checks and we can tell people exactly what they're getting. Like there's some people who are in situations where they can go to a shelter and they can get a dog that's of a mixed breed and whatever traits that dog displays, they're going to be there to deal with it. They're going to be there to love the dog. But there's other people, like a lot of the people that come through our house to get dogs, they're young families and they don't have the capacity to get an unknown is over for the most part we're able to give them a known of what to expect like some of some of our puppies are being more hyper than others uh but just in general they know what to expect and so but if they don't really have a good way to answer that question and they have a lot of litters it's probably just to make money and they don't care what kind
0: of animal they're producing right yeah all right. And then the seventh question here, and this one's very important, and it kind of gets at my parvo question, is asking about the puppy's health up and until the time of pickup. So if I was coming to pick up a puppy from you guys, what kind of questions would that uh, entail? With us, with Kevin being a vet, he prints off
2: a puppy health like report, and he has the dates of all their uh, vaccines and their deworming. We've only had one puppy in all of our litters that's had a Duke claw removed. And so he listed that on there and he gives them the stickers of the, he can tell you, of whatever vaccines that he gave them. Uh, So the puppy's new vet knows exactly what that puppy got when it got it. Uh, And he also gives recommendations for like food, for training, uh, and that type of thing. If Kevin is still on, I hear him running around upstairs with our toddler. So this would be a good question for him to answer if he's able to. Yeah,
1: I'm still here. So I'm, okay. um, I guess the what I would add to that is if one major thing is to really ask about the health of the mom and dad, too, um, because that'll really dictate how well the puppies are doing uh, and the mom should not be, like, overly thin. Um, and it is common for moms to thin out while they're lactating, but they she should not be like aggressively thin and like just a bag of bones. That's just not right either. So then you know how well the mom is gonna go, and um, that really helps with keeping the puppies healthy too. But everything else that we included really should include vaccines, any medications they need for fleas. If they're old enough, they have to be usually eight weeks old usually um deworming any small minor procedures like declawing or something that should all be written down and explained to you before you take them
2: would you And i guess that that kind of goes back to the very first question of like can you see the mom and dad like when people come on our farm to get a puppy or to see if they want one of the puppies and they see charlie our female um like, they can see that she's very happy. Her boobs are always very big and full of milk for her puppies. She loves her puppies. She's very good about people letting them, like, letting people touch her puppies. I think part of that's just her temperament, but it's also she's used to us touching her puppies. And they just see that she's still full of energy. Like, she's well rested. She's happy. They see Eris is just like a big ball of energy and just wants you to touch his ball. Um, and so I think those two, like, Kevin
0: connected those two questions pretty well. And would you say, Kevin, this might be kind of directed at you, if I go to pick up a 8-, 10-, 12-week puppy and they've had zero vaccinations, is that kind of a red flag or can I still then take over from there? Like what what's kind of your thought
1: on that? It mostly depends on the vaccination status of the DM because – I mean, we, we try to start puppies, um, fairly early, but newer thinking is that we start around eight weeks of age for vaccines. So it's kind of a, it's going to be a real dependent on how it is at the, um, at the home where the puppies are. And if the mom was vaccinated during pregnancy, that's really going to help determine good immune status of the puppy. Um, so that, that really depends. Um, I would talk to them and just be thorough. And then make sure you get everything in writing and try to have a, I would definitely recommend a contract you.
0: Yeah, always as an attorney, you should have a contract for everything. Um, so I agree with that. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate both of you being on today. For anyone listening, if you want to check out Jockholm Family Farm, it is jockholmfamilyfarm.com. And they are also on Facebook and on Instagram. So thank you guys for being guests on the podcast again. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right, bye guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Canine Culture Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe to the Canine Culture Podcast on your favorite podcast platform and make sure you're following us on social media. If you have any recommendations, any topics that you'd like to hear, if you know of any guests that would be good for the show or if you yourself want to be a guest, please reach out to us. Send us an email at canineculturepodcast at gmail.com or send us a direct message on social media. Thank you for listening, and please share this with any of your dog-loving friends.